0: go well, everyone wants change, but sometimes you've got to be careful what you wish for. Good morning to you, good Tuesday morning from Cincinnati, I'm Dan Kovaciewicz of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. I'm out here to cover football, I'm also keeping an eye and an ear open to back home, where hockey is beginning to set up in Cranberry, with more than a dozen skaters going on, with Jim Rutherford holding court yesterday with those of us who cover the Penguins. And Rutherford has this incredible candor about him, where no matter how often you talk to him, and you're expecting this is the time, that you're not going to be surprised when he says something to you, he still ends up doing that. Not that there was any big news or anything like that out of it. He gave some standard updates on the health of Zach Aston Reese, who's still on pace for a six-month recovery from his shoulder surgery. That's not going to have him available, obviously, for the start of this season on January 13. Some commentary about the state of the goaltending depth, about the nature of of staying inside your division for 56 games. But the one remark that jumped out the most at me, by a mile, actually, was this one. Well, it's always exciting when you make changes,
1: you know. It's exciting, but you're a little nervous too because you don't know exactly how it's going to play out. But, you know, we have some guys uh, that... Uh, new guys that are coming in that that have had good years and they're good players um some coming off you know a little bit of off years for them so it'll be interesting to see how how their game plays out of course we have our fingers crossed that they all get back to the level that that they were at their best and you know we like the group of guys that that are here that that, that have been here for a while we like our core guys and and of course, we'll have to see how the goaltending plays out. You know, Christian had a terrific year last year. He he's ready to take that next step, but we'll see how that goes. And and of course, Desmiths was here two years ago. Had a very good year. So so you know, it's it's time to to be excited, but also time to to see what we re, we really have.
0: Don't get Jim Rutherford's humanity and honesty. Confused with a lack of confidence, he's just letting you know everything that he thinks. So when he makes significant changes to the roster and contrary to some public misperception I think, he actually has done that. The roster has changed quite a bit since they lost to Montreal in the playoffs. but he's also changed the coaching staff. And he acknowledges that in there. He can think it's going to work. He can have meetings with people and they can talk themselves into thinking that it's going to work. But until they see it uh, on the ice, off the ice, in games and practices and drills and everything else, you're just not going to know. You're just not going to know. The coaching situation alone is one that I'm sure Rutherford will keep the closest eye on because it's the closest to his level. He's putting together three guys that really haven't worked together before. In Mike Sullivan, Todd Reardon, and Mike Vellucci. These guys come from different quadrants, uh, different organizations, really. I know Reardon was here a long time ago, but that's not the same. Maybe even with different aspirations, different ideas on how to play the game, different ideas on how to manage when something goes wrong in the locker room or a leadership issue or a lack of accountability issue. Who's the good cop? Who's the bad cop? Look, they've had months, Sullivan and his new staff, so I'm not going to sit here and say they're flying blind with this. They've had months of not being able to do anything but communicate even if it's virtually. So I'm sure they've had a lot of this out, but until you're thrown into the fire, you're just not going to know. You have to see these guys and how they interact, how they work with the team on the ice, how they handle their individual responsibilities. Reardon most notably being in charge of the power play Pretty high-profile spot for an assistant coach in Pittsburgh, I'd say. Vellucci being responsible for the PK. What if the PK gets off to a rotten start? We haven't talked about the PK in years for the simple reason that it's generally been a top-ten performing group. But there's no Matt Collin around anymore, and there's a bunch of change at that area as well. We can say we know how the new players are going to fit in. We can look at the analytics and say, well, gee whiz, if you put Kasperi Kapanen on a line with Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel, and on my NHL video game on Electronic Arts, I'm in business, man. I got three dudes who can fly and score and everything. Not how it works. Not how it works. Not in the real world. You have no idea what kind of chemistry they'll have. You have no idea if they'll even fit together as buddies or friends or whatever else it takes, and it does take that to an extent to function as a hockey line. Part of the beauty of the sport. You have no idea what you're going to get from Mike Matheson, to throw out another example. Here's a guy that you gave away Gaveaway gave away is not the right term. That sounds mean. You traded Patrick Hornquist to get him. You traded salaries. You have Mike Matheson's contract on your books for a long time. If he goes out there and takes a dump in the defensive zone, and he's been known to do that in Sunrise – You can tell everyone, well, hey, we're going to have the answers for this. You know, Todd Reardon's fixed up a lot of people, and he's going to fix up Mike Matheson, but you don't know it. You don't know it. You don't know, even as a GM or as a coach, how you'll react to positive circumstances. Here, we want a good one? Let's say Samuel Pullen or another young player who you're not expecting comes into camp and just kills it, just kills it, like John Marino level kills it. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because you know, you know, and I know, and everybody knows that these guys have every last bit of this roster already figured out, including the opening night lineup. They have everything figured out. What happens when somebody comes in and in a positive way upsets the apple cart? What are you going to do? You're going to keep Poulain for six games? Because that's the new thing now. It's not ten anymore. It's, it's, it's six because of the shortened schedule. After which you either have to keep him on your NHL roster for the entire season or send him back to the Quebec League tough call uncertainty there's a lot of it there might be more of it in this camp than there's been since before the stanley cups and i'll say it again we can all welcome it at the time we can push for it we can advocate for it but then when it comes you know it's something else entirely when we come back just one question it's time for just one question and that's brought to you on this program always by our friends at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank they're committed around the year not just now at Christmas time to providing food for our neighbors in need they're here for you as well when you need it if you do need help in this area go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help they'll help you find your next meal. Today's just one question comes from Dan Lavoie, who asks, Who do you feel is least likely to be a Penguin after the trade deadline? It's an early guess, I know, but it'll be interesting to look back on midseason. Oh, so you want to hold me to it. <laughs> okay, I see where this is going. I'm going to keep pointing to Jared McCann. I think that there's a trade fit to be had for him somewhere. I think there's going to be a team somewhere who still sees McCann as having top six potential because he's got the speed, he's got the character, he's got more skill certainly than he showed in that long and unfortunately ongoing goal drought. He's, he's a pretty talented hockey player, but he's also a tweener. Uh, he's a tweener, meaning he could go top six, bottom six. He's a tweener in the sense that he could be a winger, he could be a center, depending on who you talk to. I have my own thoughts on both of those things. But my thoughts don't matter. The thoughts in this equation that matter are those of another team's general manager and evaluation staff. They can look at film of McCann and say, wow, this is somebody we really want on our team. The same way, by the way, that the Penguins did when they got McCann from Florida in the Derek Broussard, Riley Shea and trade that at the time, uh, all of us, myself included, were hailing as some massive theft. They really, really liked McCann. And I can't imagine that they're alone in that regard. I don't see him as a fit on a third or fourth line. But at the same time, I also don't necessarily see him fitting on a top six. So McCann has an unwitting identity crisis. At some point in his NHL career, McCann's going to have to commit, I think, to being a bottom six guy and put everything that he has into it, including playing a lot harder along the boards to battle for possession of the puck, doing some of the dirty work, some of the Dominic Simone stuff, for lack of a better way to word it. But if somebody comes along and texts Jim Rutherford and says, hey, we really like this McCann guy. We think he could be a fit for us. That is, that's a text I'm answering within milliseconds. So there, how about that, Dan? How did I do there? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thanks for the question, and thanks to everybody for listening today.